June 11th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake, and I am really excited uh, that you're joining me for today's reading. And by the way, just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. I got a notification that this podcast has uh, surpassed 1,000 downloads, which is crazy, since I really haven't uh, shared it with a whole lot of people. I shared it with our church family. Um, but you know, I haven't haven't really promoted it too much outside of that. This has really been a project for myself, um, you know, uh, something I, I wanted to do, and, and I knew it'd be cool at the end to have a, a whole year's uh, worth and, and really the entire Bible uh, on recording. Um, but I never, you know, assumed that it would help so many people, and, and I don't know if I'll do it again next year or if this will stand as a a testament to time, and then people will just keep coming back and listening to. This recording, I know I'll leave the podcast up as long as they have podcasts, um, and so I have no idea what what might happen or come out of this podcast. But you know, if even just one person has uh, been assisted in reading through the Bible and seeing Jesus as the center focal point of it, then really feel like uh, it's all been worth it. And I just want to thank you guys for that, for listening, whoever you guys are. I know some of you, uh, but I know there are way more listening than I know. And uh, that that is humbling and exciting. So with that said, let's jump into our Old Testament reading today. 1 Kings chapter 8. Solomon then, and then referring to what we read about in chapter 7, he just finished building his home and using a ton of gold in the process. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of the Israelites. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before King Solomon at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn in the month of Etham. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the priests picked up the Ark. The priests and Levites brought up the Ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. There before the Ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Then the priest carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the Ark, forming a canopy over the Ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord had made covenant with the people of Israel when they had left the land of Egypt. When the priests came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, You have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel standing before him and gave this blessing. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father David. For he told my father, from the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as the place where a temple should be built to honor my name. But I have chosen David to be king over my people Israel. Then Solomon said, My father David wanted to build this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build the temple to honor my name. Your intention is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your sons will build the temple to honor me. 
I want to pause because you might be thinking, man, this is redundant. It said that like a thousand times. But you have to remember that people wouldn't be reading this privately like you and I have the privilege of doing. This was before the printing press. So really only the elite got copies of the scrolls. And uh, what they would do is, is everybody would come together as a congregation, much like you might go to church and hear a pastor preach. Uh, well, what they would do is they would just pull out these scrolls and they would read it. So there's it's very repetitive because when you're listening... Or even when you're watching a movie, certain things have to be repeated, otherwise you won't remember them. It's not like you, you can just go back and look later at the book. No, it's, it's got to it's gotta be picked up by the ear or it won't be picked up at all. Verse 20. And now the Lord has fulfilled the promises he made. For I have become king in my father's place, and I now sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised. I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, and I have prepared a place there for the ark, which contains the covenant that the Lord made with our ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel. He lifted his hands toward heaven and he prayed, O Lord God of Israel, there is no one like you in all of heaven above or on earth below. You keep your covenant and show unfailing love to all who walk before you in wholehearted devotion. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth, and with your own hands you have fulfilled it today. And now, O Lord God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you made to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, If your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow me as you have done, one of them will sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David, my father. But will God really live on earth? Why, even the highest heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and my plea, O Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you today. May you watch over this temple night and day, this place where you have said, My name will be there. May you always hear the prayers I make toward this place. May you hear the humble and earnest requests from me and your people Israel when we pray toward this place. Yes, hear us from heaven where you live, and when you hear, forgive. If someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and judge between your servants, the accuser and the accused. Punish the guilty as they deserve. Acquit the innocent because of their innocence. If your people Israel are defeated by their enemies because they have sinned against you, and if they turn to you and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from the heavens and forgive the sin of your people Israel and return them to this land you gave to their ancestors." If the skies are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and if they pray toward this temple and acknowledge your name and turn from their sins, you have punished them. Because you have punished them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them to follow the right path and send rain on your land that you have given to your people as their special possession. If there is famine in the land, or a plague, or a crop, or a tax of locusts, or caterpillars, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging their towns, whatever disaster or disease there is, and if your people Israel pray about their troubles, raising their hands toward the temple, then hear from heaven where you live and forgive. Give your people what their actions deserve, for you alone know each human heart. Then they will fear you as long as they live in the land you gave to your ancestors. I'm going to pause there. There's some huge themes uh, gospel themes, good news themes we're picking up on. Uh, number one, you look there at the end uh, that I just read, verse 39. It says, give your people what they deserve, for you alone know each human heart. That should terrify each of us. In my own heart, there are desires right now that are anti-God. I have done wicked things. And you may be thinking, Blake, I don't know what you've done, but I've done ten times worse. And you might be right. I don't know. You might not be. You might be. I don't know. By human standards, I don't know. 
But human standards don't matter because there's only one judge. That is God. He sees the heart. And what it takes to be right with God is perfection. Anytime we sin, choosing something other than God, we are lacking perfection. We are off of his plan. So if we got what we deserve, you know what we deserve? It would be death. That's bad news. So where's the good news, Blake? The good news is Jesus came and he did live every single command out perfectly. You know what he deserved with his life, his actions? He deserved to live. And yet, you know what happened? He died. Why? Well, he was dying for your place so that you might take his place and live. He died, pouring out his blood, atoning for our sins, and also, in the process, exhausting the powers of evil and Satan and the spiritual powers of this world. And then he rose again three days later, bursting forth with new creation, promising that if we trust in him, if we believe that he did that on our behalf, if we proclaim him as Lord, then we get to share in that same creation. That because of what he's done, God counts us as innocent on his behalf, on on our behalf. We are innocent on his behalf. Man, that was a tongue twister, but you guys got what I was saying. That's good news. And then uh, up a little bit, it says, um, Psalm is talking about, um, you know, having people turn from their paths to his path. Well, what is that? That's repentance. This is the second part of salvation, that we repent. We turn from our wisdom, our sins, our missing of the mark, what we think is good and evil, to what God says is good and evil. We follow his path, not our path anymore. This is repentance. Repent means to turn. Turn from what, Blake? Turn from my wisdom to Jesus' wisdom. Turn from the wisdom of this world to Jesus' wisdom. His wisdom on money, his wisdom on finances, his wisdom on on and on and on and on down the list. Why? Because we have to? No, because we want to. We've seen him as who he truly is. And in that, we get to repent. Repentance and faith has always been a part of the scriptures, even in the Old Testament. And it's finally fulfilled in Jesus Christ. I just wanted to point that out because those themes were, were really rich. Okay, moving on. Verse 41. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people Israel will hear of you. They will come from distant lands because of your name. For they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray toward this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you. In this way, all the people of the earth will come to know and fear you, just as your own people Israel do. They too will know that this temple I have built honors your name. If your people go out where you send them to fight their enemies, and if they pray to the Lord by turning toward this city you have chosen and toward this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear their prayers from heaven's from, the he- from heaven and uphold their cause. If they sin against you, and who has never sinned, you might become angry with them and let their enemies conquer them and take them captive to their land far away or near. But in that land of exile, they might turn to you in repentance and pray. We have sinned, done evil, and acted wickedly. If they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the land of their enemies and pray toward the land you gave to their ancestors, toward this city you have chosen and toward this temple I have built to honor your name, Then hear their prayers and their petition from heaven where you live. Uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses they have committed against you. Make their captors merciful to them, for they are your people, your special possession, whom you brought out of the iron-smelting furnace of Egypt. May your eyes be opened to my requests and to the request of your people Israel. May you hear and answer them whenever they cry out to you. For when you brought our ancestors out of Egypt, O sovereign Lord, you told your servant Moses that you had set Israel apart from all the nations of the earth to be your own special possession. 
When Solomon finished making these prayers and petitions to the Lord, he stood up in front of the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands raised toward heaven. He stood in a loud voice and blessed the entire congregation of Israel. Praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us or abandon us. May he give us the desire to do his will in everything and to obey all the commands, decrees, and regulations that he gave our ancestors. And may these words that I have prayed in the presence of the Lord be before him consistently day and night, so that the Lord our God may give justice to me and to his people Israel according to each day's needs. Then people all over the earth will know that the Lord alone is God and there is no other. And may you be completely faithful to the Lord our God. May you always obey his decrees and commands just as you are doing today. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices to the Lord. Solomon offered to the Lord a peace offering of 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. And so the king and all the people of Israel dedicated the temple of the Lord. That same day, the king consecrated the central area of the courtyard in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of peace offerings there. Because the bronze altar in the Lord's presence was too small to hold all the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of the peace offerings. Then Solomon and all Israel celebrated the festival of shelters in the presence of the Lord our God. A large congregation had gathered from as far away as Lebo Hamath in the north and the brook of Egypt in the south. The celebration went on for 14 days in all, seven days for the dedication of the altar, and seven days for the festival of shelters. After the festival was over, Solomon sent the people home. They blessed the king and went to their homes joyful and glad, because the Lord had been good to his servant David and to his people Israel. This concludes our Old Testament reading. Moving on to the New Testament, Acts chapter 7, verse 51 through chapter 8, verse 13. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's laws, and even though you received it from the, high, the hands of angels, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations, and they shook their fist at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened, the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began stoning him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. And we will hear a lot more about this man named Saul, who at this time uh, is an accomplice in the murder of Stephen. But later, God has very different plans for him. And we're going to begin to read about those as we continue on. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Saul, chapter 8, verse 1 was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. 
But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the Great One, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believe Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. This concludes our New Testament reading. Moving on to our Proverbs of the day, and we will be reading Proverbs 17.1. Better a dry crust eaten in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. And finally, we'll be reading Psalm 129 in a posture of prayer. This is the 129th Psalm, a song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. From my earliest youth, my enemies have persecuted me. Let all Israel repeat this. From my earliest of youth, my enemies have persecuted me, but they have never defeated me. My back is covered with cuts, as if a farmer had plowed long furrows. But the Lord is good. He has cut me free from the ropes of the ungodly. May all who hate Jerusalem be turned back in shameful defeat. May those... May they be as useless as grass on a rooftop, turning yellow when only half-grown, ignored by the harvester, despised by the binder. And may those who pass by refuse to give them this blessing. The Lord bless you. We bless you in the Lord's name. Lord, I thank you um, for what you've done for me and Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are on my side. Lord, I, I deserve to be counted as the ungodly. I deserve no blessing. And yet, because of what Christ Jesus has done on my behalf, I do deserve those blessings because I am seen for what he has done. And Lord, thank you that you've sent me your Holy Spirit. And even though it feels like I'm alone sometimes, I know I have him in me, helping me, giving me power to do what you've called me to do, to become more like your son. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for the good news of Jesus and the good news about Jesus and the good news proclaimed by Jesus. Lord, I pray that today I would live in light of that gospel. It is in your name I pray, amen. Well, thank you for joining me for today's reading. And I hope to see you back here tomorrow as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.